On this week's episode, Alan and I are going to discuss our Night Hunt Hall of Fame Coonhounds before we get into some rule discussion. We hope you stay tuned for this one. You're listening to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast, celebrating hunting dog heritage, competition, and community. United Kennel Club has been the hunting dog sports home for coonhounds, beagles, retrievers, pointers, cur feist, and more for over 125 years. This podcast is fueled by Yukonuba, the official performance dog nutrition partner of UKC. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast. I'm Trevor Wade. I'm the Coonhound Program Manager here at UKC, and I'm joined today by Alan Gingrich, the Director of Hunting Ops. How's it going, Alan? I'm doing well. Doing yeah. good. Yeah, we got a pretty fun, uh, pretty fun episode for us today. We always like talking about individual dogs and and the people behind them. And the and today we're going to be talking about our our Night Hunt Hall of Famers in the Coonhound uh, Program. Perfect. I like the topic today. Plus a few rules questions. Couldn't yeah. be couldn't be any better, right? Yeah, that's right. I was just at Southeastern Tree and Walker Days this past weekend and, and got a lot of positive feedback about our rule interpretations, how people really enjoy listening to us talk about it. Because sometimes they can read things and, and kind of misinterpret it. And it's it's good to hear people kind of talk it out and, and yeah. have discussion about it. Yeah, and there's just uh, it's also a good uh, good reason for us to be uh, be on par with our <laughs> with our interpretations and everything. That's right, that's right. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get towards that after we get out through all the Hall of Famers. We're going to talk about some of the new rules and some of the feedback and uh, and interpretations we're hearing out in the field. And uh, I know we've both fielded some different calls, so we'll get to that to the end. So you'll want to hang around for that. But we're gonna start out. We're gonna start with the Hall of Fame program, and this is a fairly new uh, fairly new deal as far as multipliers go within the registry. Uh, that change happened before I came in. When did this change happen? When you started doing multiplier titles in the in the hunt? In 2019 is when we started doing that. That's when we went to the cast win format that we have now. You know, before that, in registered, we had 100 championship points and at least a first one first place win. Changed everything over to a champion or to a number of cast wins. You know, for registered to become a night champion, then the same uh, for uh, uh, X number of champion wins to become a grand and then the multipliers just that just kind of worked for those multipliers you know just double up on the on the grand wins that makes you a grand two and triple up makes you a grand three and and so on down the line and eventually to hall of fame yeah and and like you said this this kind of went hand in hand with the cast win format and and also kind of when in the early stages of uh, tournament champions talk right wasn't that right. a big a big right. part of the discussions right. as well right you know one thing is okay with the I can tell now by the title okay it just has the the you know like a grand night two with the, in parentheses it'll have the number two in it if it's a grand two or a three but in the old days you know we just had the grand night champion you, you they all look the same it's this right. is a grand night champion uh, but now when I look at one when I see a grand night four for instance on the dog's title. I'm looking at a dog and I can tell immediately this dog's done a lot of winning. That's right. That's right. And it's, it's some extra incentive for grand nights, you know, uh, probably previous prior to 2019 outside of going to autumn Oaks or your breed days or some other major events competing for the world championship was the incentive really there for, for grand night champions to compete. Not really in this instance. Now, you know, we have slams or hunting towards TOC. There's still those major breed days. And, uh, for every win you get, you're, uh, stepping up the level yeah everything is kind of everything kind of pulls together to kind of make sense you know when we first came out with this we were already looking at a couple different programs that we hadn't announced to begin with you know so but uh you know eventually here everything has kind of come together now and all is kind of working the tocs another good example of that requiring five cast wins you know so 
Yeah, it's been a, it's been a it's been a good deal, and we're gonna talk about some of those Hall of Fame dogs today. Yeah, that's right. And initially, I think it's important to discuss this before we get in there. When people are gonna hear a lot of dogs that are born in the early to mid twenty tens, and that's because in the original set, you had to pick a date on how far to go back. And uh, I, I know whenever I came in the next year in twenty twenty, uh, we started doing Hall of Fa- uh, multiplier and Hall of Fame titles for Field Trial Water Race and Bench Show, and. Uh, we went off the precedent that was set the year before, and that was going back 10 years. Right. So you went back to dogs born uh, 2009 or later for this, right? And, and that, that is true. And the, and the idea was, you know, to uh, only go back as far as we still have dogs that could potentially be active, I guess, and, and not go back to dogs that are obviously no longer active. So Right. So, and it kind of worked out, you know. So, I yeah. think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure did. And, uh, and let's just talk about, uh, for anybody who may not know, let's talk about the requirements to, to achieve the Grand Night Champion Hall of Fame title. Takes 50 total cast wins for a dog right now to start from nothing to make it to a Grand Night Champion Hall of Fame. Starting out with five registered wins to be a Night Champion. Uh, after that, it takes eight champion wins as a as a Night Champion to be a Grand Knight, and then it steps up. Every eight wins while you're a Grand Knight Champion takes you to the next multiplier level. So, eight more champion wins to make you a Grand Knight Champion two. Eight more to Grand Knight Champion three so on and so forth until you get to that grand knight champion five and that means that you've had 32 champion cast wins at that point within the champion division right right and then uh five more cast wins there as a grand knight champion five and that's when you earn your grand knight champion hall of fame title yeah a total of 37 grand champion or uh champion cast wins yep yep would make you a grand knight champion hall of fame yeah so i came in uh early uh late may early june of 2019 so this was still kind of fresh and still working through it and at the time when i came on there were uh, two Grand Night Champion Hall of Fames where they had we had backtracked their wins, and uh, actually one of my first, uh, or my very first article I ever wrote for Canal Bloodlines was Martin about Hardy. those two. Yeah. Martin Hardy, Martin Hardy Jr. Is, I got to interview him and uh, Gary Potts. He may not be the biggest name out in the Coonhound world, but he is one of the biggest names here in the UKC office in our hunting ops office. All of our employees have gotten to know who Martin Hardy was. He calls a lot, you know, <laughs> and and. Uh, Ah, oh, the ladies enjoyed talking with him when he calls. They they know him by voice. He's one of those when he calls, they know exactly who it is. Yeah, I think Martin they, Hardy checking on his wins on old Katie. Yeah, okay, and he's still <laughs> still pushing Katie this day, and he's yeah. accrued uh, Hall of Fame titles in the hunts and show at yeah, this point. And she will forever be the very first one to obtain that title. Absolutely, something to hang his hat on. Yeah. So absolutely, that was back in the September 2019 issue. So I'll never forget that. My very first article, my first interviews that, over the phone. That was your first article. First article was it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, let's get into our 16 dogs. Okay. I know we got a lot of information about each one. We're going to give them all their due and talk about them. But first, let's talk about uh, just a broad picture here. Well, before we do that, there was actually, when we did the when we did the transition from the old format to the cast win format, there were actually two dogs that already met the criteria for that Hall of Fame, right? right. And that was the Katie dog and, and that uh, wild man Sam I am. Right. So there were only two that had already earned it based on just what they had on record is in terms of Grand Knight uh, uh, cast wins yeah. at that point or placements at that time. Yeah. Yeah. And we've kind of talked about this for both guys being from Missouri. And at, when I was interviewing and talking to them, they were both really interested in running for that Missouri Federation points that right. that, that state does. And that's kind of some incentive. And, and it was. And that's obviously what those guys were running for and what uh, what contributed to all those cast wins, you know, and, and earning this this title unbeknownst to them at the time when they were doing it. But yeah, Wild Man Sam is uh, owned by Gary Potts, who I got to know soon after I started working here, just a good, good guy. And uh, used to live in North Carolina, but he had kind of his own line of dogs, those uh, Wild Man dogs, he called them. But uh, but Sam's just a product of that. Yep. Yeah. So 
Uh, 16 total dogs have achieved the Grand Night Champion Hall of Fame uh, title as of this recording. Uh, uh, let's go a little breed breakdown here. We have one black and tan, two blue ticks, three English, a plot, eight walkers, and one ex-bred coonhound that have done it. Perfect. Uh, in the uh, sex breakdown, 12, ma- uh, 12 males and four females. And then by state, here we go again. Kentucky is the number one state with three dogs. Kentucky Missouri. keeps popping up all the time when we do numbers, don't they? <laughs> they do. They they're, sure. they're always near the top of the pack. Uh, Missouri has two. West Virginia has two. And then there's uh, a few of them here tied with one. Georgia, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, North and South Carolina, Tennessee, Utah, and Virginia. Yeah. So, and without further ado, let's get into our first dog here. Uh, this is the, the uh, one and only American Black and Tan Coonhound that's achieved the Grand Night Champion Hall of Fame title. And uh, this is Grand Night Champion Hall of Fame, Nelson's Northern Dixie. Yeah, this is a 2013 model. And here again, this is a good uh, good example of a dog that we wanted to, we're hoping this title would go to a dog that has, you know, not an easy one to obtain. And it would be be a dog that has a little bit of age to it that has done a lot of winning uh, along the way. And there's a good example of this yep. dog owned by Jeff Nelson from uh, from Illinois. Yeah, I would say that Jeff's one who wasn't, necessarily chasing the Grand Night Champion Hall of Fame title, but he was competing with his hound. He was uh, going to a lot of major events and qualifying for everything there is, and he just ended up stacking up the wins to get there with yeah. Jeff Nelson is one of the first ones to win our world championship with a black and tan. Yeah, 1995, I remember that. There you go. Yeah. Too, so. yeah. All right, so uh, uh, Jeff Nelson, he's of Chadwick, Illinois, and uh, Dixie is out of uh, Grand Night Champion McCoy's Black River Buddy and Grand Night Champion Hayden's Doolin Dixie's Gym. Uh, breeder on record, Scott Roden. Yep. Dog had a grand total of 50 cast wins total on its record. So exactly enough to, uh, to get this Hall of, Tame, or Hall of Fame title. And she earned this one uh, in 2021, in June June 11th of 2021. She earned that 50th cast win and, and what got her on, on this list. Yep. Uh, we got two blue ticks to talk about here, one male and one female. And we'll start out with the one who earned it first. So this was the first blue tick hound to, to achieve the Grand Night Champion Hall of Fame title. And this is Grand Night Champion Hall of Fame, Grand Champion 3, CM's Blue Starline Elvira. Yeah, uh, female born in 2012. I think you said we had four females, so here we're already talking about the second one. Uh, one being a blue tick here, uh, Elvira, born in April of 2012, owned by Charlie Morris of French Lick, Indiana. When I see French Lick, who do I think of? Larry Bird and Larry, Charlie Morris. Larry, Larry Bird Charlie Morris, that's right. The uh, NBA, uh, NBA basketball player, yeah. Boston Celtics, Larry Bird. He was from French Lick, Indiana. So I don't know why he played at Indiana State there and everything, but that's where Charlie Morris is from. So it's the only two people I've ever heard of that live in French Lick, <laughs> Charlie Morris and Larry Bird. Well, if there's any indication, <laughs> it must be a pretty good place. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they know each other or not, but I'm pretty sure, uh, I'm pretty sure, sure one's... Uh, they're in two different height levels, I think, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, shoot. Uh, yeah, Charlie's, a, Charlie's a good old boy. He's, a, he's an older guy. You know, and what's the other thing that comes to mind with Charlie Morris? You know, every year, I say every year here in the last several years, we've kind of made it tradition at the Winter Classic to recognize our oldest hunters, uh, 70 and above. And we have a plaque for the oldest hunter. And I think Charlie Morris has taken that plaque home with him for the last three or four years now. Yeah, I couldn't so, believe it. 81 right now. And he still gets around old. so well. Yep, yep. Yeah. And he sure did a lot of winning with Elvira here. She is out of Tadpole's Little Raiden and Tadpole's Driving Miss Daisies, the sire in the dam. Uh, Bobby Phillips is the breeder on record. 57 uh, cast wins total on her record as of as of. Uh, right now but you know there's i don't know i've never hunted with this dog she earned it in november of 2019 already 
So that first year, but I don't know, you know, the in her three generation pedigree, there's quite a few dogs that are several dogs I've hunted with. Goes back to uh, to uh, uh, Dancer's Northern Blue Sun and uh, uh, Bingo's Northern Blue Dancer and some of those dogs that I've hunted with. Uh, the bottom side has some of the Uchman bred stuff, but yeah, that's a, that's Elvira's breeding in a summarized there. So yeah, I actually did get to hunt with her one time. It was uh, one of my first events. It was National Redbone Days in Bellevue. Uh, Bellevue, Michigan. Mm -hmm. It was July 4th. There were fireworks flying off everywhere and it was, I don't know, 95 degrees, but not a great indication of of any of the dogs that night. It was a rough night, but uh, she she ended up earning this degree back in November of 2019. So she'll be forever a Grand Night Champion Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know, Charlie, uh, Charlie's one of those guys that doesn't say a whole lot at all, you know, but he's pretty recognizable. You see an old guy about 80 years old walking around and he might be the only guy from Indiana that wears cowboy boots and his pant legs on the inside. (laughs) That's Charlie. Showing them off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the, I'm a pretty good blue dog, I'd say. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And she yeah. may not be done yet. She yeah. may not be done yet. So uh, our other uh, blue tick is a male dog. This is Grand Champion, Grand Night Champion Hall of Fame, Blue Balling Rebel. Uh, he, he's uh, born in November of 2012, and he's owned by Preston Street of Masontown, West Virginia. Yeah, Preston is a guy that's probably somewhere between you and I in terms of age, and he's been a hard, uh, a big supporter, a big blue tick enthusiast, and has had a bunch of good dogs. Rebel here is one of his big stud dog now, you know, and it's got quite a few offspring now that are that are out there and winning. And uh, but yeah, uh, Preston's just a, a a good guy and and really pushes the blue tick breed a lot. And and yeah, this dog was born in in 2012 again. Here we got another 10 year old dog. Uh, but he is out of Granite Champion Vernon's Blue Mountain Banjo HTX2, and the dam is a Granite Champion Grand Champion Coates Ball Creek Blue Squirt that was bred by Charles Coates. Uh, I show here Rebel has 49 t- uh, cast wins total and earned that degree back in May of 2020. Yeah, so this dog, the reason it says 49 cast wins, he would have been a dog in 2019 that would have already been a night champion that would have had less than four cast wins to make night champion. That's why he only shows 49 total cast wins. Right. But that's where that comes from. You know, in today's, by today's method, a dog that starts from zero to nothing, he would have to have at least 50. That's exactly so that means right. he made night champion with, with uh, four or less uh, cast wins. Yeah. Whenever I think about Rebel, I think about last year's blue tick issue at Coonhound Bloodlines. That's a great picture on the cover there by Preston. He was right. pretty right. proud of that. Yeah. You know, there's some uh, Meads Blue Jet 8 goes uh, is back in this dog's pedigree, a dog that won the Prina series back in the day and is a pretty big name dog. Uh, Smoky River Chiefs Blue Storm, I mean, just some of those dogs, you know. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, B&D's Blue Spike is another one back there, a dog out of Michigan that I've hunted with. So there's some really good, really good hounds in this dog's pedigree for sure. No mistake Not, to no, see him yep, on here. No accident. Sure. Rebel. Yeah, we've got three English coonhounds on here, and all three are males. I'm going to do them in order here by the date that they earned their degree. And the first one is uh, Grand Night Champion Hall of Fame Primetime Outlaw Jesse James HTX3. This is a male born in June of 2013. Yeah, he is owned by the game warden, our buddy down in Kentucky, Mr. Robbie Spears of Pikeville. There is where he lives in the... Uh, he's, they probably need that guy down there in his country. But he is speaking of outlaws. He is off of, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Granite champion calls big river, uh, Jesse Lee. And, uh, the dam is Granite champion, grand champion, Rob's prime time, red Ruby. That's one of Robbie's, uh, females there. And Robbie bred this dog, uh, 53 total cast wins, earned it in March of 2020. But, uh, there's a, 
owner handler breeder right there and now hall of fame uh that's pretty impressive absolutely yeah i had the pleasure of hunting with jesse james one time as well at a uh, Purina Nationals a couple couple years ago, and all the dogs looked good that night. And and Jesse James was no no different. And uh, it kind of sticks out to me back in the 2019 world. I would I wouldn't have known about the dog or or know Robbie at that time, but uh, he made it to the he made it to the top top 20 or something. You told me he's one to watch. So yeah, I, I yeah. kind of sticks in your head when someone says yeah. that to you. Yeah, speaking of some of the outlaws there in Kentucky, Dave Tackett is one of them. I, know I see he is always giving old uh, uh, Robbie Spears a hard time, you know? but, uh, and probably rightfully so. It, it's it's probably they probably need Robbie down there to check keep keep tabs on guys like Tackett down there in his county. We need some game wardens on our side. Yeah. so I'm glad to have Robbie on our yeah, side for sure. <laughs> yeah, congratulations, Robbie. Nice job. Uh, next one here, Grand Knight Champion Hall of Fame Grand Champion Tough Red Ruby Big Rig. This is a male born September 2016, owned by David James of Lexington, Tennessee. Yeah, this is somebody I think you're uh, probably a little more familiar with David than what I am. I've met him before and a super nice guy. I just don't know a whole lot about him or his his dog other than I know he's won a lot with his dog. He's been winning all over. Yeah. You know, we see him at the Winter Classic down south. He's won cast down there just everywhere, you know. But he is, uh, the dog that he's off of, the sire, is Red Ruby Hard Time Buck. And the female is uh, Night Champion Cedar Ridge Hard Time Grace, and uh, he bred, David James bred this dog as well. Has total uh, sixty three total cast wins on his record as of today. He earned this in December of twenty twenty. Now uh, this dog's pedigree, Red Ruby Hard Time Buck, is a dog that was owned by Seth Ish at one time. Right. I think the dog was sold to uh, us is now in Georgia, maybe you know. But uh, uh, there's just a lot of a lot of good breeding behind this dog and. And definitely no no accident. You see a dog named Charlie Seven is a dog that was kind of uh, uh, was very uh, prominent back in the middle ninety mid, middle to late nineties. And that dog is on the top and bottom of of this dog's pedigree. But yeah, just a lot of big name dogs in this dog's pedigree. So again, no accident. And congratulations to Mister David. Yeah, David's a good one. I've been glad to get to know him over the past couple of years. Uh, big rig. I remember our first qualifying year for the TOC. That would have been back in 2020. He was our our leading cast winner of the year that year uh, with Big Rig. So, and uh, the dog born in 2016, still uh, you know seven, uh, six seven years old. So still doing some competing. He can be yeah. at the Winter Classic. Yep. Probably be at the TOC, and uh, yep. wouldn't be the last time we see him. I'm sure. So. Yeah. Next one on the list here, and the last English dog is Grand Knight Champion Hall of Fame Heat Seeker Unleash the Kraken. This is a male. Born in April of 2019, owned by Grant Whitmer and Trevor Hack, and it says Grant's from Utah. I'm not. I think he's all over the place. He's from everywhere, but you know he lives up in the Northeast, some over in the West, some. So uh, that Grant Whitmer and Trevor Hack of Ohio, Trevor is. Yeah, whenever we see we we post all the states that we have for our entries, and Grant always has an entry. Seems like at Autumn Oaks Winter Classic World Championship or whatever, and oftentimes when you see an entry from Utah, it is Grant Whitmer. Yeah. But yeah, Trevor Hack, he's from uh, Northeast uh, uh, Ohio, uh, and he's been, he hunts this dog probably uh, a lot more than uh, than Grant does. But yeah, they, he's off of Main Street Blue, Grand Knight Champion for Main Street Blue, and that's a uh, 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 one of the uh, Main Street dogs, obviously, that, uh, and, and he used to, he owned him, uh, Trevor did. And the dam is Grand Knight Champion Poplar Run Ruthless. Um, but yeah, this dog is uh, bred very well. As it also did a lot, a lot of winning already since he was young. Um, uh, Mr. Clayton Stark did a uh, promo on this dog here 
last year, I think it was. Yeah, just recently. And you can go see this dog. Man, you know, as far as a, you know how it is when you go show your dogs off to buddies, oftentimes uh, uh, it, they never look the way you want them to. I tell you, this dog put on a show on that, on, that, uh, on that promo. And, uh, but just a nice young dog. Breeder on record is Jeffrey Fish. Dog has a total of 53 total cast wins, and he earned this just this last year in April of, of uh, 2022. But, yeah, same thing. No accident. You know, goes back to the Main Street dogs. Uh, Main Street Blue is off of Main Street Jack. Goes back to Main Street Roy. And uh, the bottom side, uh, as uh, I'm not very familiar with that uh, pedigree, one dog that is the grandsire on the bottom side is uh, Taylor's Rasputin, which is a dog that we've uh, obviously uh, see and hear of sometimes. But, uh, yeah, they've had a lot of success with this dog. Yeah, and I would say that the, he's still yet a young dog, so he's still still got some winning left to do for Kraken and Trevor, I'm sure. I know they're breeding him quite a bit now, so it probably may slow down, but I'd say we'll see him at some of our bigger events. Uh, we got one plot mail on the list. This is Grand Knight Champion Hall of Fame, Grand Champion Scouts, Carolina Maximus HTX. It's a male plot born in July of tw- uh, 2011, owned by Chris Rochester of Greenville, South Carolina. Yeah, this is a dog that I've heard quite a bit about, a dog that has started winning early on, and, and uh, he's uh, he's obviously older now too, but uh, here he's he's won a whole lot and now obtained the, uh, the Hall of Fame title. 45 cast wins total. But here again, that was a he was a is an example of a dog that had less than five cast wins as, as a to make champion, and you know under the old the previous format it only took five night champion wins to become a grand, whereas now it's eight. So that's why his total uh, number of wins right now is is less than fifty. Right. You know, but here in time we won't see any of those dogs. But that means these are dogs that uh, that's why that is. You know, exactly. this was one of them. But yeah. Um, yeah, Grand Champion, Grand Knight Champion, Cody's and Smith's Carolina Scout is the sire. Damn is Cody's good news, sweet Sue. And uh, dog earned this title in November of 2020. Plot dog. Let's move on to our tree and walker coon hounds. It may surprise you, but this is our biggest, uh, biggest breed for Hall of Fame dogs as well. Got no, six males and two no. females. <laughs> so a total of eight here. Uh, and the first one here, the first one to uh, attain the title we talked about in the kind of the introduction there, Grand Champion Hall of Fame. Grand Knight Champion Hall of Fame, Hardy's Fabus River Katie, HTX. It's a female born in May of 2011, owned by Martin Hardy Jr. and Martin Hardy Sr. of Missouri. You can't pronounce the town there, is that Well, I was going to skip over that, yeah. <laughs> Her- <laughs> take a stab at that Herculaneum, one. Herculaneum, I, I think. Herculaneum? Does there that, we go. that might be it. That Herculaneum. sounds pretty good. I like That's that. probably close, yeah. Martin, you'll have to call and let us know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but this dog is uh, sired by Grand Knight champion Mr. Ragin' Cajun, and the dam is Knight champion Missouri's Hustlin' Jane. Uh, that was bred by Carrie Kruger. 68 uh, total cast wins that she earned this back in October of 2016 already. Yeah. So as soon as we, uh, as soon as we changed the uh, cast win format, she was automatically one of those that we talked about was already had that enough uh, placements for, uh, for Hall of Fame. Yeah. So yeah, this dog, you know, um, this a female I've never hunted with. A good-looking little female, but uh, you know, some of the dogs in her three-generation pedigree that I recognize are like Cowie Creek, Clint, uh, Medley's Hardwood Swamp on the bottom side there, and uh, a Hardwood Elvis Attack. So that's kind of the line of dogs yeah. that she's out of. Yeah, and obviously has the Grand Champion Hall of Fame title too. We're going to talk about those uh, Hall of Fame dogs on a different podcast. We wanted to be able to give them an entire thing because there's more of those. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you right now, Katie's still competing in the shows today, and she has well over 100 grand champion wins in the show. So wow. 
She's really clicking them off for her and Martin are yeah. out supporting those local clubs. Well, no, so. no wonder why he's calling every week. Huh? <laughs> Still stacking them up. He's stacking them up with old Katie. Congratulations to Mr. Martin for sure. Second one here, we have champion, Grand Night Champion Hall of Fame, Wild Man Sam I Am. This is a male born in September of 2013, owned by Gary Potts of Versailles, Missouri. Yeah, Gary's a guy that I got to know uh, uh, when he when he still lived in North Carolina, actually. It was soon after I started working here. I went to an event there, and I ended up going to his house and hunted with him one night. Just a good, good guy, you know, and eventually he uh, ended up moving out to Missouri. But uh, he has these uh, wild man Sam dogs, and this is uh, this is one of them is uh, uh, is out of Grand Champion, Grand Night Champion, Wild Man Sam too, which I believe is the dog I hunted with. When he was still pretty young, actually, and then the uh, the dam of uh, his Sam dog is Night Champion Smith's Abbey Girl. Gary is again here uh, owner, breeder, handler, everything. Fifty one total cast wins, earned the degree in August of twenty eighteen. So the first, uh, the second dog to ever been awarded this title, and the first male and the first train walker. So, yeah, congratulations to Mister Gary. Moving on to our next one here, we got Granite Champion Hall of Fame, Wichita Tree Slobbern Stubby. This is a male born in uh, December of 2015, owned by Mr. Paul Nichols in Arlington, Kansas. Yeah, Paul's a, a guy that I've known the name for, uh, since I've worked here, he's, he's associated with some clubs, and that's kind of how I got to know the name there. But uh, this dog is off a of Granite Champion, Grand Champion, the Wichita Rock, and the female is Dual Grand, the Wichita Sweet Pea. That was here again, bred. Owned handled by Mr. Paul Nichols. 51 total cast wins, earned this Hall of Fame degree in November of 21. One thing about Paul, uh, and people could take some notes from Paul, Every he, like you said, he has some clubs over there in Kansas. You can always count on him uh, scanning his reports and emailing them in on the Monday after the event and calling yeah. for payment then. He's all about being timely, and yeah. we, we appreciate that. Yeah. And so do the people that hunted his club, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, I'm not too familiar with the top side of his dog here. The bottom side is obviously a little more uh, recognizable for me anyway. Mojo Mason, which was off of uh, Booger Hollow Mojo. And uh, 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 on the bottom side, you also have Miami River Big D, you know, so there's a world champion there. So, yeah, this uh, dog has a, has, has a build-up pedigree for sure. Yeah. Dubby. Moving on to the next one here, Grand Champion, Grand Night Champion Hall of Fame, Mountaintop, All Rats Need Decon HTX. This is a male born in January of 2019, owned by Bill Lester of Davenport, Virginia. Yeah, Bill is, a, I think, a, a younger guy. Is he, he not? Is, a, yeah, yeah sure I is. would, uh, um, when I first, you know, I know he's done a lot of winning with his dog. I think it was at the TOC where I met him at, and, and uh, he's, he's much younger than I would have anticipated, you know, but uh, this dog is out of a Grand Night Champion 3. Grand Champion Mountain Top Slow Talking Bow, and the dam is Mullins Take It Easy HTX, and Leanne Lester is the breeder. I'm not sure if that's his. I'm assuming that's his wife. I'm um, assuming I'm not positive. Yeah, but. Leanne is Randy Lester's wife. Okay, who they own Mount uh, the Slow Talking Bulldog. That's our currently our current top reproducer okay. in the Walker breeds. All right, yeah, 57 uh, total cast wins on record for this dog as of uh, as of today. Earned this title or this title in December of 2021. On Christmas. Good yeah. Christmas present. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I have Decon. Uh, I've never hunted with Decon. I've, I've met Bill at a few different events. I do know he was our, our top cast winner for the 2021 year. So uh, that that usually helps you uh, boost up the Grand Night Champion Hall of Fame if you put together that many cast wins in one year. So For sure. Yeah. 
Next one here, we have Grand Knight Champion Hall of Fame Grand Champion Patrick's Coldwater Creek Chief. This is a male walker dog born in July of 2016, owned by Randall Patrick of Inez, Kentucky. Yeah, this dog is sired by uh, Grand Knight Champion Tricolor Bad Company and is off a of Grand Dual Grand Champion Big Branch Evening Star, bred by Troy Boone. Uh, 49 total cast wins. They're, again, one of those that are, probably had less than five cast wins uh, as a registered dog, you know. Right. So, uh, and earned the degree in March of uh, 2022, just, so just, just last year. Um, Bad Company, obviously, that's a uh, that's a very recognizable name. Uh, goes is off all grand track man, you know. Goes back to Nocturnal Star, Hubs Homer, uh, Tricolor, Nowhere's Baby, and some of those dogs are in this dog's pedigree on the top side. Uh, the bottom side has uh, Clover, Stylish Oz, and and some of those dogs, Johnson's Rock River, Samson, I guess. Uh, but yeah, very well bred dog, and and uh, no surprise here at all, really, well bred dog. Next one here, we got Grand Champion 5, Grand Knight Champion Hall of Fame, Caldwell Southern Bell HTX2. It's a female walker born in March of 2018, owned by Phil Roberts and Kelly Hosh of Clarksville, Georgia. Yeah, this dog is um, is sired by uh, Dowdy's Etowah River Fat Boy and Dowdy's Etowah River Jenny. Now, neither one of these dogs are titled. Uh, the breeder on record is James Dowdy. The dog has 51 total cast wins, earned the degree in April of 2022. Um, so as far as the uh, as the pedigree on this dog, the top side that, of that goes back to track man on the top side and uh, probably uh, one of the most rec recognizable names on the bottom side is the world champion Bolden and Turpin's Insane Jane Yeah, uh, is on the bottom side there. Rock River Ladies, another dog in this dog's pedigree. So. Here again, just because the Siren Dam weren't title dogs, uh, still some good, good pedigree there. Good blood in there. Yep. Yep. Uh, Phil, Phil, uh, real quick, he's a he's a board member of the Southeastern Tree and Walker Association, so I got to hang out with him a little bit last weekend. He's good, good buddies with our our man Philip Foster down there, Phil oh, yeah. from that area. Yeah. So he's from Northern yeah. Georgia. Yeah. And uh, I think he said there were like three uh, three show wins to make this dog a dual Hall of Fame title dog. Really. So, yeah. Three wins to go, and we'll be talking about this one on one of our future podcasts again. Perfect. The next one here, Grand Knight Champion Hall of Fame, Trusty's King Rolo. I feel like we keep mentioning this dog. Every podcast <laughs> we talk about this Rolo dog, don't we? Yeah, Drew and <laughs> Drew and Jamie are going to start giving some royalties or something yeah, for how much we do this. But, uh, this is a male dog born in uh, Independence Day, July 4th of 2016, owned by Drew Estep of Elkins, West Virginia. Yeah, this dog is off of Grand Knight Champion Wilson Schooner River Fred Bear and off of Grand Knight Champion Maniac's Dark Side of the Moon, uh, bred by Jason Smith of Indiana here. Uh, 49 total cast wins, earned it in August of 2022. The sire, uh, Fred Bear, he's kind of a, a big name in northern Indiana. Daniel Wilson owned that dog. and. And uh, that has become a, he's become a big name reproducer. That Fred Bear dog yes. has produced a lot of good solid hounds out of him and, and comes from a, obviously from a well, uh, from a good background, you know, Schooner, Schooner River Fred, uh, Sons Rock River Cord is on the top side. And the bottom side goes to back to dogs like Hardwood, uh, Hardwood Maniac Dog, Maniac Four, and, and some of those dogs. And those are dogs that uh, were very prominent in Northern Indiana. Uh, that we hunted against a lot of those dogs that were very nice dogs. Solid, solid coon honor, Eric, coon treers. Yeah. Rolo, our our top cast winner for the year 2022. So our the past three years, our top cast winner of the year ended up uh, finishing out to Grand Champion, Grand Knight Champion Hall of Fame. So pretty interesting there. 
And our last Walker dog here, Grand Night Champion Hall of Fame, Bennett Springs Joe. Uh, this is a male born in February of 2013, owned by Douglas and Carol Carver of Old Fort, North Carolina. Yeah, this dog is off of uh, Grand Night Champion Redneck Mafia, and the dam is Dual Grand Rats High Country and bred by David Greiner. Uh, 48 total cast wins on this dog's record, earned in October of 2022. Uh, so this uh, Redneck Mafia dog may be one of the most uh, uh, recognizable names currently in today's era is the the Shack dog of the Cummings. The Shack dog is off of Mafia. and so But that pedigree goes back to like Ball Stylish, Hickory Nut Harry, and uh, Water Oak, Mabel, Track Man, Peppermint Patty, some of those dogs. The bottom, is, uh, bottom side is Big Creek Rat Tat. Uh, I think we mentioned Whitey Marshall last week on the podcast or whatever. That was, uh, yeah, it goes back to some of some of his stuff. But uh, yeah, liquid uh, or Abbott's liquid smoke on the bottom side. So yeah, well, well-bred dog. And our last uh, Grand Night Champion Hall of Fame dog for now is our one and only ex-bred Coonhound. And this one is Grand Night Champion Hall of Fame Tux ex-bred New Gene. This is a male born in October of 2017. Uh, currently owned by Tim and Braden Bolden and Shane Compton of Dorton, Kentucky. Yeah, this dog is is sired by uh, Grand Knight Champion, Grand Champion Airs Jetstream Blue Buster, and the dam is Patton's Little Blue Diamond, uh, which are uh, on the bottom side. Diamond was a treeing walker. The top side is a blue tick. That Jetstream Blue is a blue tick. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about the the pedigree on on either side for that matter, uh, but yeah. Uh, Cross crossbred dog that we've heard the name a lot. Then Brandon Scalf used to own the dog. That's right. Who's now a field rep. But yeah, he won a lot with this dog. Yeah, sure did. And uh breed run record here for this dog is Rick Patton, fifty three total cast wins, and he finished the dog at Winter Classic back in twenty twenty one. So never forget that one. But uh and for anybody who wants to see our, our Coonhound Hall of Fame hounds, uh they're on our website. I update it every couple months. There's it's hard to obtain these titles, so uh, it doesn't happen very often, but about every two months, I'll update on the website. I actually did it yesterday, uh, February 28th, so that's our latest update. Uh, so you can go to ukcdogs.com slash coonhound-holofame-list, or just follow the prompts through. Go to coonhound, historical winners, Hall of Fame list, and you can get there that way. It might be a little easier. Alan, we both had Dogtra Pathfinder 2s now for a little while. What do you think about yours? I'm liking mine. One of the things I had the opportunity to now download a map of an area where I did not have service, and I've used it there, and it has worked flawlessly. I love it. Yeah, I love the crystal clear maps. I love that I never lose reception on my dog's collars anymore. Highly recommended by me as well. Dogtra Pathfinder 2, the official GPS collar partner of UKC. Yeah, so uh, we're we're now here in March. We've uh, made it through the first couple months of our uh, this calendar year where we've implemented our new rules that went into effect in January of 2023 in our rule book. Did you steal my rule book? This is my rule book. Man, here. I brought one too. Where's mine at? <laughs> oh boy. Um, we're in trouble now. <laughs> Good thing you got them memorized. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, hey, uh, we've been to a few events. We fielded a lot of uh, phone calls, and for the most part, it seems to be really uh, positive feedback when it comes to our new to the new rules that went in place. Obviously, there weren't very many of them, and for a few of them, there were some just uh, slight changes here or there. But uh, there has been a little bit of feedback and some questions about some rules, and I think now is a good time to talk about some of those. Yeah, and there always is. Every time you have a rule change year, you always have some. But I've, I feel like this year, or the last couple rule changes we had, we've had fewer than 
than before that I remember, you know, so, uh, but yeah, and there's a couple of, I'm surprised by a couple of them, to be honest, but I'll cover them here. Yeah. The first one's, the first one's pretty simple, has to do with thermals. And I feel like every, every week I feel a, a call about thermals and, uh, and, uh, People are concerned because they're under the impression that thermals got passed. Well, they did get passed. And I think it's just about uh, them maybe not paying attention to some slight words in the wording of it because the only place you're going to find mention of thermals in our rule book is under Rule 6, which is our scratching offense section. Correct. And if you go to Rule 6T, it reads, Handlers will be scratched for use of scoring aids other than light, mechanical squalor, and thermal imaging device. And uh, what they're missing there, and maybe we should have bolded in there, I'm not sure, but other than, other than, you're going to be scratched for uh, use of anything other than those three scoring. Yeah, aids. so what are some other things? You know, like a mirror would be something. You can't use a mirror to score. to score Cell phone. Yeah, cell phone or anything like that. You know, I know they can in some other registries maybe, idea. yeah. But, uh, but those are the only scoring aids that you can use. But you're right. Uh, the part they may be overlooking is the two words, other than. You know, so no other aids other than a, a light, which is your, your shining light, your mechanical squalor. Right. Means it can't be a battery-operated uh, electronic squalor. And then obviously now this thermal imaging device. But, you know, I think it'll be uh, interesting to see how, how this thermal imaging comes into play more as, as the year progresses here when we get more leaves on the trees and yeah. things like that. You know, right now, probably don't, don't need them that much. but. Yeah. Yeah, and we're, we're a couple Good time of to get in. used to them, I guess. A couple months in and haven't heard much uh, uh, bad about I haven't heard any bad about them yet, but like you said, when uh, leaves come on, maybe we'll, maybe that's. Maybe yeah, that's and here again, you know, you still have to see the, the coon. A majority of the cast has to see the coon in order to plus it. Yep. You know, all this, uh, all that this uh, thermal is going to do for you is maybe save you time. Yeah. In other words, find the spot where it's showing where you have heat, where the game, where it's likely that this game is, you know, and that's a matter of finding it and being able to see it with your eyes. Uh, but just eliminate searching the tree in places where it's not is what it, what it basically boils down to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, moving on to the next one here, one that this still getting a lot of questions about this one. And, uh, um, it's about, has to do with dogs tree, but not declared tree. And this isn't cause of the rule changes is probably one been uh, since I started working here and probably well before that, probably when you get the most, questions on about what to do when dogs are treated but not declared treated. And uh, we've talked about this rule a, a few times already on this podcast at different times. And uh, and with the rule change, I think it it's made this rule simpler. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, I don't know if it's better or not. I guess we're not here to decide that, but I do think it's simpler now. Yeah, it's definitely simpler. Uh, uh, you know, hey, we I have my personal opinions just like the next guy does with certain rules, but uh, this is what the rule is. I'm and it doesn't even matter what I think about it, but it is definitely simpler. Should be simpler to score yeah. for sure. Yeah. So you, when yeah. you have a dog treed but not declared treed, uh, we should already know how to score it when we get there. Yeah. Doesn't matter if it's plus, minus, circled. You're going to minus the strike points. And and that's exactly what used to confuse folks with the previous rule. How do we score it? Well, you didn't know how to score it until you scored the tree to know how to score this dog. Well, now with the rule change, it is. Very simple. It's yeah. always going to be strike points minus for a dog treeing, but not declared treed when you arrive is strike points minus. Yeah. You know, and the only time you don't, uh, you don't minus strike points is when you don't have strike points to minus. And that would be for a dog that is shut out. Exactly. You're shut out. Uh, you, you get deleted strike points. You still have to strike your dog, even though you're shut out, you know, and shut out is when a dog is, uh, let's say dog A is struck and treed. 
Now dog B strikes and trees with that dog. Yeah. Well, it's shut out. You still have to strike it, dog B, but dog B is considered shut out because it is now treeing with a dog who was struck and treed before dog B even struck. Yeah. That, that creates the shutout. So the, you, you write the strike points on the scorecard for dog B, but then you draw a line through it. And oftentimes you hear when you're out in the field or out in the woods or whatever, when somebody uh, calls a dog, there's, you already have a dog treed. Now I strike my dog, you're judging, you're probably going to say, okay, he is uh, struck for 75 with a line under it. Yep. And the reason you tell me with a line under it, that's just a reminder is if, if my dog trees with this dog that's already declared treed, I'm going to be considered shut out. And then I'm going to move that line up and delete those exactly. strike points. That's what that's about. So that, that would be the only case where a dog treeing but not declared treed uh, doesn't get minus, and that's only because it was shut out and has no strike points to minus. Right. Any other situation, it's just strike minus. Doesn't matter how the tree is scored, dogs gonna get take strike minus. Yeah. And and uh, if if you have your rule book handy, I would suggest taking it out and just highlighting or circling or doing mm -hmm. something for rule four F. And it's rule four F is pretty straightforward. It's pretty well written on this rule. Yeah. And I think just if you know where to find that at and and refer to it and maybe just refresh yourself on that before you go to a hunt, you're not gonna have any issue with it at all. And I'm glad you brought up shutout because that is something that, that popped up this weekend talking about shutout and it's kind of ties into this, but not really. But in the instance, like you said, I strike for 75 with a line under it and your dog's already treed. I'm only shut out if I tree on your tree. Exactly. If I get split treed, my strike points are live. That's exactly right. And that is, there's some confusion with that for some people, but that's only if, if this dog that shut out trees with a dog that shut it out. It's on a separate tree or somewhere else, then its strike points are live. Yeah. But that's why the judge will just say with a line under it, you know, because it, it doesn't know yet. Yeah. Wait till this dog trees and where you're going to handle this dog. If it's with a dog that shut it out or if it's separate. If it's separate, like you said, on a separate tree somewhere else, uh, then those strike points become live. Yep, exactly. And um, there was one more thing I wanted to say here. Uh, oh, uh, one thing that I ran into this weekend at Southeastern Tree and Walker Days, there was a question that came back about uh, assigning additional tree points. That doesn't happen anymore. It no. doesn't happen anymore. It doesn't no. happen here, and it doesn't happen under Rule 5B, which we're going to talk about in a second. The strike minus is the only thing that you do for dogs tree but not declared tree. There's no additional points added for tree. Matter of fact, let's just take it a step further and just let folks know there is no more scoring situation where you award next available tree points in right. UKC. None. That went away with this rule change. That's correct. And I, I think still the biggest bulk of the confusion about this rule has to do with, with rule 5B and interpreting. Interpreting does, uh, are you, does the dog come in before or after the judge arrives? And, uh, and, and like I said, you want to really uh, know the difference between 4F and 5B before you get there. And just a reminder about 5B, and we've talked about it on this podcast quite a few times already, that's under the circle points section because you're going to be circling those strike points unless a coon is seen. So if the tree is minus, if there's a possum in the tree, uh, if, if those are the circumstances, then you circle the strike points only. That's it. Mm -hmm. If you go in there and there's a coon seen and the dog comes in while you're, and you're in the process of shining the tree where you find a coon, then that's when you minus the strike points only. No additional tree points are assigned, like you said. Yep. Uh, so there's a, a, just a little bit of a difference there, but make sure that you're aware of that difference from, before you go to a hunt. Yeah, there's, those are two totally separate uh, situations. You know, one is a, we're talking about a dog that's there treeing but not declared treed when we get there versus 5B applies to dogs that come in after you have arrived there. Yeah. That's the difference. 
And, and one more good question I had that kind of per, uh, pertain or does pertain to dogs tree and not declared tree. Let's talk about a specific situation towards the end of a hunt. Um, there's five minutes left in the hunt. My dog's in there working a working a track, and and comes tree, and I tree my dog. Uh, hunt time's up. We're still walking. We get in there. You've never your your dog was struck in, but your dog you never treed your dog in, and it's in there treeing but not declared treed. Can you tell us how to score that? Yeah, so you're talking about a situation where you declared your dog treed before hunt time was out. In the meantime, my dog was still running. Right. Okay? At that point, if you're a judging, here's how you handle that. At that point, when hunt time is dead, my dog gets its strike points deleted, and that dog gets no more scoring at exactly. that point. Now we go in to score your dog because you were treed before hunt time's out. Now let's. We score your dog, but let's say in a, in a scenario where my dog is in fact there with your dog treeing, but not declared treed technically, yeah. all that does not matter now anymore because as soon as hunt time expired, my dog got its strike points deleted and that was the case. Now let, let's make a scenario number two. Let's say we have a dog treeing, you've declared your dog treed, hunt time is still in, my dog goes in and trees with your dog a little bit, I do not call my dog treed, Right. And in the process of this, before the trees close, the hunt time ends here. And I still only have my dog declared treed. The same rule still applies. You still consider my dog as having been trailing when hunt time expired. It exactly. doesn't matter that yep. he was, we heard him treeing. It's the difference is I never called him treed. So he's going to get uh, treated just like, or scored just like he was still trailing. Yep. I'm going to still delete, delete his strike points and, and that's it for my dog. You can't, I can't go in there and. He's not going to take any minus. He's, his strike points are deleted. The only thing we have left to do is score your dog. I'm going to handle mine on that tree, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and the last one here, and probably the one, it just seems like we've had a couple of questions about this one in particular. Come over the phone. I haven't really run into them in the, out at the events very much, but this has to do with uh, the rule change on recasting your dog after pulling from a uh, scoring situation and there being dogs in the cast that are either declared struck or treed. And I think the biggest thing that we keep hearing is uh, I'm pulling my dog off a scoring situation. Uh, you know, I've walked a, you know, I've walked 50 yards and I'm ready to cut loose. But when it comes time to cut loose, you're, we don't hear your dog opening and you're declared struck. And I'm wanting to wait the six minutes and see if it can catch you before I cut my dog loose. And the way the rules are written, that's not how it how it works. Not anymore. That's that's because of a new rule change that you don't have to. Used to be you had to wait before you could turn loose. You had to wait for that for that dog to open before you'd cut loose. Yep. And the rule changes, you don't no longer have to wait for a dog to open before you can cut loose. So in the old days, what would happen is there, you would, you would be waiting for that dog, but at the same time, the judge would have the uh, uh, six minutes applied to that dog on track. Um, so that's, that's where folks are still a little confused now with, you can turn loose anytime, you don't wait for a dog to open, you can turn loose. But let's say there is, you come out of a scoring situation and there is no dog that is, you have a dog that's out declared struck, but is not opening. Yeah. You start to six minutes, but that has nothing to do with you turning loose or not. You right. still turn loose as soon as you're far enough away from the tree or you're right. satisfied, turn loose. You don't have to wait. I say you don't. Yeah. You don't have to wait. And now some guys will say that, well, uh, they don't like the rule because They'd rather wait six minutes and uh, try to get that dog out there minus, and then that opens up the strikes or what have you. And I, and I get that part of it, you know, but that's maybe a per, uh, personal preference, but uh, different parts of the country, you might have a different opinion. I certainly have a different opinion of that here in northern Indiana. Six minutes is plenty of time for me to uh, tree another coon instead of me 
uh, wasting six minutes of hunt time, yeah. there's plenty of time for my dog to still get treated instead of being leash locked. Yeah. You know, so I can look at it from a different perspective as well. Right. But uh, no, for some reason, that's one of them that I'm kind of surprised we're still getting uh, the questions about is, no, you don't, uh, you, yeah, you, you turn loose, you know, yeah. so. Um, now that is only if you, if you don't, uh, you know, the option to, to hang on to your dog or option to recast, that's a separate rule, but that's for dogs coming out of a scoring situation and you have a dog declared treed. That's when the handler has the option that's right. to either hang on to a dog or not, you know? So, but. yeah, I think it's uh, pretty straightforward and they're probably just trying to uh, I think probably where the questions are coming from is that somebody's just wanting to run that six and kind of being hard headed. But if you were to go to rule 11 D and talk, and where it talks about the recasting rule, those two things aren't married anymore. The yeah. six minute running the six minute clock on declared struck dogs and recasting aren't, aren't married anymore. It and, says here after being scored, dogs may be released immediately or led a reasonable distance. Judges decision from scored tree before recasting. It's that simple. It doesn't say yep. anything about running time. So this is what you go by here. Mm -hmm. You need to go somewhere and get cut loose and then you can start worrying about the six. Exactly. Yep. Exactly right. And uh, and the whole option to re or the 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 option to uh to recast or not, that that isn't married to it either. Yeah. You know, because uh you don't get to control that. No, you have to turn loose. Unless the only time you don't is if there's a dog tree. Exactly. Then you have that option. Yeah. And it's not, it's not your position to say, oh, I want to hang on to this dog for a while and see if the six gets this dog. No, yeah. you're going to turn loose. You're going to turn loose. And stay in the flow of the cast and, exactly. and do what you got to do. Yep. So hopefully that kind of clears up some of the, the questions and the feedback we're getting from some of our new rules. Uh, if there's some uh, rules that you think we need to cover on here, obviously we got uh, spring season coming up. We're going to be doing some traveling. You guys seem to be really liking our post-event recaps that we're doing with interviewing people. So we'll be doing more of that stuff. But we want to we want to keep doing rule stuff uh, and and uh, talking about interpretations of rules because those are really popular as well. So uh, get with us on that. Yeah, and just a friendly reminder. Remember, uh, oftentimes when you're out there in the woods, you have a question about a scoring situation. Don't forget, your rules are right on the back of your scorecard. Thank you for listening to the UKC Hunting Ops podcast. Be sure to give us a follow so you don't miss any of our new episodes or content.